1: Welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live. It is Wednesday afternoon here at the Quest Diagnostics Trading Center. Paul Dottino with Super Bowl champion Howard Cross with you. We will be here for the next hour to talk New York Giants football at 201-939-4513, 201-939-4513 lot to talk about, Howard, but of course, uh, folks, again, if you don't listen to us live, you can always catch us uh, later on at your favorite podcast platforms and at Giants.com. The show is always archived, and we invite you to listen. Uh, <laughs> Howard, I'm, I'm glad you finally figured out how to use your phone.
3: That is uh, one <laughs> of our producers calling me. I don't know why she would call me now,
1: but that's okay. <laughs> okay? Don't they know you're on the air and have a show to do? They don't care. They don't care. <laughs> uh uh, why don't we start out, uh, Giants are going to play the Philadelphia Eagles at the link on Sunday afternoon. But first things first, Howard, I think we need to get the uh, the press availabilities out of the way this morning. Joe Judge indicating that he will continue to have a competition between Fromm and Glennon at quarterback at practice during the course of the week and said, quite honestly, he doesn't expect to name a starting quarterback until until that's completed. He may have an idea in his own mind, but he's not going to tell anybody else, at least at this point. Uh, And quite honestly, uh, let's not kid ourselves. Jake Fromm, as we talked about last week, has only been here for a month. So he's got a lot of catching up to do, and he himself said he's got a lot of cramming to do uh, if if he's going to be able to take the reins against the Eagles. Uh, the other thing of note before I get your take on all of this is that Daniel Jones did talk to the media today. First time we've had an opportunity to speak with him since he was placed on injury reserve, ending his season because of a neck injury. A um, couple things that Jones said that I did want to make very clear to everybody before we uh, get your take. And that is, uh, he did say he talked to head coach Joe Judge. Uh, They're on the same page. He understands that the entire team needs to get better. He knows there are things he needs to do going into next year that unfortunately at this moment he cannot work on because he's sidelined. Mm -hmm. Joe Judge also explained to him the types of things that he would like him to do moving forward next year as he remains the Giants' starting quarterback. Um, He did say that Jake Fromm studies very hard. He's picked up stuff very quickly. He's helping him as much as he can. Fromm said both Glennon and Jones have actually been very helpful to him. He's leaned on both of them, mm-hmm. very much so, and trying to get prepared for this opportunity. Uh, and basically, uh, yeah, Jones did say also, and I think this was pretty important as well, he said he doesn't think the neck injury will dramatically change the way he plays next year. Running is a part of his game. He knows he has to get down, <laughs> obviously, but, mm-hmm. um, but he does he does understand that hey running is is some of what he does well and he doesn't think that's going to disappear from his game, so um, those are the opening remarks and the opening <laughs> media veils Howard I okay. leave the floor to you. All right. Well, you know, first and foremost,
3: we all pray for uh, Daniel's health and everything because I don't like neck injuries of any shape, form, or fashion and having one so. Um, uh, and I don't know even how to explain it. Just having one that causes you to miss any time, especially the rest of a season, you know, that that's a little rough. That we don't we don't like that. And hopefully he'll, you know, recover very well and be one hundred percent when he comes back next year. Uh lessons learned, I guess getting down was probably the smartest thing to do. Uh I think he'll figure out how to get down a little faster heading forward. Every year he learns so a little more of something. I guess that's his big learning point for this year: is to get down and not to try to run over D tackles. Um, after that, I think um, you know, with him and and Glennon and everybody trying to help from uh, Cram, I think he'll do the best he can with, with the information he has. Uh, I expect there to be a limited um, offense for him. I don't. I don't think he'll have the full full playbook available. He, he just hasn't been here long enough for it. And then you just have to see what happens. Um, you're going to be playing against a, a very feisty Philadelphia defense. Um, they'll be excited to go. and He'll have to make some plays, and he'll have to like protect the ball. And that's about all I got for all that.
1: <laughs> all right. Let me ask you this. I have known football coaches who have said to me, in the interest of safety of their quarterbacks, they have actually had them go see baseball coaches to teach them how to slide better. Because it is a very prudent skill to have, if you're a quarterback, especially if you're a running quarterback, would you suggest that Daniel Jones go see a baseball coach?
3: It doesn't fit what the the running style he has. Okay, he's a big guy, he's six foot five ish. He's over over two twenty now. Like I think he's up closer to two thirty.
1: Well, Aaron Judge slides, and he's yeah.
3: six foot seven. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm just saying now. <laughs> All right, and and. Aaron Judge is running and trying to get down at, at a certain point. Daniel is running to, to gain yardage, right? So the, the reason he got hurt, I believe, was that he was running trying to you know, get a first down. And in the situation, once you give yourself up, you're down right there. So sliding kind of works when he's out in the open field and he's trying to get down. But those plays where you call the, the RPOs and he actually runs the ball, there's not a lot of sliding there. He'll have to figure out how to get down faster, but there's just not a lot of sliding there.
1: Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I remember Eli was not a very good slider.
3: No, he was even a good head first guy. He, he <laughs> I don't know what happened to Eli. Eli was like a, was like a baby. Not a getting, real
1: good runner at all. He actually,
3: a baby getting in a pool every time he went down. It was terrible. But uh, yeah. he, uh, did, he did slide some in the end of his career. He, he, he learned to get down.
1: He, he did well. You know the thing about Eli. He was very good at folding himself up to avoid injury in the pocket when he mm-hmm. took hits. Yeah. We all know he was extremely smart in knowing how to do that. It was when he was out of the pocket that I worried about him. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, you know, th- that 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 folding yourself up, he he, he like, I guess, Breeze and, and his brother and, and everybody else and Brady. They all learn how to chuck and duck a little bit to get themselves down. Guys that are mm-hmm. athletic don't really do the chuck and duck as well. That's true. Yeah.
1: Um, all right, let's discuss uh, the fact that the Giants have to play the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday. We know what happened uh, several weeks ago, uh, 13-7 to Giants victory at MetLife Stadium. They got three interceptions off of Jalen Hurts, also had a fumble recovery. So the defense just did an outstanding job that day of suffocating Philly and, and winning that football game. Last night, Philadelphia's offense looked a little more potent. Yeah, Jalen Hurts. Uh, let me give you his line: twenty of twenty-six for two hundred ninety-six yards, one touchdown, and one interception. As they uh, knocked off Washington and kept their playoff hopes alive,
3: I think last night is more of what Philadelphia has been looking for and trying to figure out 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 of Jalen Hurts. They ran him more.
1: I think it's the best game I've ever seen him play.
3: Yeah, but if you run him more, it causes a lot more problems for the defense. You know, you you have to account for him when he's a running quarterback when he's a the extra guy with the ball it's harder to play against a guy who who's mobile and he's using his legs as a weapon and not just to escape and what they did last night they used his legs as a weapon made him you know incorporate them into the run game when they did that you know you had to pull guys up to come up to make sure that he's not free on the edge you got one more you got one more blocker out there so you got to bring a guy up from from the secondary to try to get to him And uh, you could see the effect that when he he was throwing the ball, guys were out of of position because they're like, okay, we got to get to him. Oh, he's throwing it too late, got to get back. (laughs) And that's that's just part of it.
1: What do you make of uh, Goddard's late-season surge? He's been a good tight end, but now the last two weeks, he's had over 100 yards receptions Mm -hmm. in each of those games. Last night, he was just a beast Mm -hmm. against Washington. Uh, This is a guy who is averaging 15 yards a catch. And is number one among all NFL tight ends in average yards per reception. Yeah. Howard, you played the position. What do you see from him that is allowing him to put up those kinds of numbers?
3: Again, it's the quarterback. When you are got to come up to get to this guy, the, the people who are affected most is at second level, that the linebackers and the quote unquote safety who stand in the box. If you take two steps forward and he runs an out, you're he's behind you. Mm-hmm. He catches the ball and he's, he's taking three steps. He's at 15 yards, basically. It's over. So you kind of have to figure out how to keep him in front of you. If you keep him in front of you, Jalen runs the ball. So you, you're you're you know you're betwixt and betweens, as, as Banks will always say. It's it's going to be very interesting to see how how the Giants defend that moment. Now if. If Lorenzo Carter has another game like he had this past week. Two sacks, yeah, first time ever. Yeah, but he was all over the place. He was hitting guys. He was knocking the ball out of the air. He, If he starts to have games like that, then that causes that running quarterback thing to be a problem. And the tight end will have to like get an extra hand on him before he you know takes off. Those are the things that, that stop a running quarterback.
1: Hertz had eight carries for 77 yards against the Giants at MetLife Stadium. Mm-hmm. It was his arm and his passes that betrayed him more than his legs mm-hmm. in that game. In fact, there was that interception Tate Crowder had mm-hmm. at the goal line yep. right before the end of the first half, which was probably the biggest mistake that Hertz had made. Yep, he did not look like the same guy last night.
3: No, he he looked very confident last night. He was all about it, and it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what the weather winds up being. If it's windy, if it's whatever, if those are things that could affect them that we don't know about yet. You know, we're, we're still waiting to see how he how he does in really harsh weather, because mm-hmm. last night's game, it was nice weather. It, it was beautiful out, and he played great. Well,
1: It did rain some mm. in Philly, just early little, in the game yeah, it did just rain early some.
3: some. But they were running the ball.
1: Yeah, they were, well, that's yeah. what they do. Yeah, <laughs> they, they were running the ball. So, Number it, one in the National Football League at over 160 yards a game on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, they have won four of their last five. Mm-hmm. That blip to the Giants is the only blemish in recent memory. Mm-hmm. Interesting in that they've changed their running game a bit, Howard. Scott was the guy who was had the quicks. Mm-hmm. He gave the Giants a lot of trouble in, in previous matchups. Yet right now, they're using the combination of Sanders and Howard. Remember, Howard came over from the Chicago Bears. Yep. He's a more powerful runner, mm-hmm. more plodding kind of runner. And in recent memory now, or recent weeks, I should say, Howard's been getting a lot more of that running game, mm-hmm. and they've changed their style to be a little more physical. Yeah. How do you think the Giants will adapt to that?
3: Well, the Giants are going to have to figure out how to, you know, first off, firm up in the middle uh, of the line because they've given up a lot of yards. In the middle of the defense last week, they played against the Cowboys and on the edge got caught a couple times with Pollard. This is not an edge-rushing team. This is a team that's going to run the between ball going run it right between the tackles. And it's going to be interesting, interesting to see if the D tackles and the D ends can put enough pressure up the middle and move the line of scrimmage back into the backfield to do it. Because if they get pushed around and, and give some creases, it could be a long day.
1: Final question before we get to our phone calls because people are dialing us up at 201 939 4513. Jalen Smith, who just showed up to the Giants mm-hmm. before the Dallas game last week, mm-hmm. actually got in for over a dozen snaps, yeah. made a handful of tackles, yep. and provided a lot of energy. What did you see from him? Because going forward, it looks like they're going to give him a real tryout here mm-hmm. as one of the inside linebackers on this club. Well, what
3: you what you see what you always see from him. He's very fast. He runs downhill to make tackles really quickly. Uh, he's good pretty much sideline to sideline, and he's explosive. You know, you know, barring the horrific injury he had his last game of his college career, uh, Dallas bringing him in anyway, uh, letting him rehab and bringing his body back, so to speak. He plays at a high level and with with great speed and great intensity. And it's not just because of his his energy. That's just the way he's always played.
1: We will see how much he can do for them against Philly because they will test him. Yep. Oh, they will test him. 201-939-4513. We go to line one. And Jason uh, from New Haven, Connecticut, you're first on the show. Hello. Are you there, Jay? Jason, you're first up on the program. We Jason is not there. How about line two? Thomas from <laughs> Boston. You will be first on the program. Hello. Hi, guys.
0: Uh, thanks for taking my call. Thanks um, for calling. So I just want to ask a little bit about the um, the pass rush. I guess growing up, I kind of always took for granted that the Giants had a dominant guy that can get after the quarterback. And it was LT, Strahan. I mean, I think Tuck was a third rounder. And we mm-hmm. haven't really had that, like, Batman, to borrow your term. Um, And this year, you know, I really haven't seen it emerge that much. So, like, our next dominant pass rusher, do you think it's going to come from the draft, from free agency? Or is there somebody in-house that you think has kind of flashed up this year that can kind of benefit from maybe a little bit more time or or another piece, like a Roche, Aziz, or or Lorenzo Carter?
3: Uh, Go ahead, Paul. I know you wanted to answer that.
1: Well, I'll tell you that Ojo Lowry already has eight sacks this year, and I know they'd like him to be a bit more consistent. But he's had a really good rookie season, and I think the arrow's pointing up on him. Now, whether or not he's going to wind up being like a 15-sack guy, I can't say that right now because I don't know the answer. Mm -hmm. I do think that Lorenzo Carter had a lot of potential, had the Achilles last year, had to deal with a a sprained ankle this year that lost him for a month or sidelined him for a month. And so he's never truly lived up to, I think, what his potential was. Um, The other player you mentioned is interesting to me, Quincy Roche. I, I'm i very, very intrigued. I don't think he's going to be a double-digit sack guy in this league. I don't think so. But okay. I do think he can be a solid rotational player. Okay. I, I mean, Howard, he's shown enough flashes to make me very intrigued.
3: I think that if you look at that group of guys, if he's, if he's asking where are you going to get the pass rush from it, going forward, we won't say this year, but going forward, you, you hope that Lorenzo Carter becomes even a more dominant player. You hope that Ojolar is starts to pick it up even more. You know, he had eight this year. He'll be stronger. He'll be better suited for it. And then, like, you got Roche and a couple other guys in there. But picking a guy up out of the draft, if there's a guy out there that's going to be in that in that slot, they will pick him up.
1: Oh, they have to.
3: Yeah, they, they, they're going to have up. to get yeah.
1: reinforcements. They don't have enough in-house to go into next year and say there's going to be enough pass rush here. They no. just don't. No, not at all. And I hate to say it because I like O'Shane Ziminez as a, as a person very much. But the production has not been there.
3: Well, he's in, he, he's really kind of I don't know, won't call it the doghouse, but he's really lost a lot of his reps. How about
1: falling off the radar? Yeah, that too. I mean, <laughs> Roche, Roche took his snaps. Yeah, it's just that simple. Roche took his snaps, so I think you know, really, it, it's going to have to come from the draft. And you know why? Howard and I both are, are aware uh, the Giants' salary cap is tight. Now there are always things you can do to maneuver it, mm-hmm. but when you do that and you rob Peter to pay Paul there's going to be some dents you're going to have to take along the way. And pass rushers are extremely expensive in free agency. <laughs> yes, they are. So it's it's more than likely the Giants will have to get one in the draft. And develop the Can I ask that to follow-up about scheme? Sure.
0: Um, so just kind of like, you know, given what you're talking about, since we run a 3-4, I think we're currently running a 3-4, and assuming we stay there, is, is this pass rusher, it's, it's the 4. It's going to be a stand-up linebacker in this scheme. It's not going to be somebody that's actually – hand down on, on the line, right? Or, would it, or could it be? They,
3: they rotate the way they do it. Sometimes, even, even as an outside guy, uh, you can come from a two-point stance. Or sometimes they get down. You, you see Ojulari do it a lot. He gets down a two-point stance. Well, Shea's
1: done it, too. Yeah,
3: so, so they can do it either way. It's not a set set uh, stance or anything like that. It's more about you know what they're feeling. If, if they're standing, they're usually standing because there is a potential for them to have to cover somebody coming out of the backfield, and they don't want to like give themselves up.
0: Well, I'm not sure if uh, the Oregon guy will end up following to us in our current draft position, but Vivido B- B- has shown some, some incredible, <laughs> incredible
1: games. In where are where, where you talking what? about? I think everybody is. Yeah, everybody everybody in the league's, look, everybody in the league's looking at him. Yeah. I, I, look, it's All so right. early yet to start picking apart uh, 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 the draft, but uh, I would tell you, uh, it's highly likely he's going to go very high. <laughs> yeah,
3: he, he's probably he'll be one or two. And the kid from Michigan, they they like him also. So it'll be they'll be probably one and two in the draft. If if not, then you have the kid from um, Notre Dame that's going to be there, the the safety. So it'll be a few guys in there. Uh, the kid from Alabama too, the left tackle. He's probably going to be number. He might be number There's one.
1: There's always an Alabama kid up there. Hey man, roll tide. <laughs> <ties. laughs> Jason, thanks for the call. Take care. Okay, we go to line three, Sean in Maryland. You're next on the program. Hello. Sean, good to talk to you. What's going on, fellas? Hey,
3: hey how we doing?
4: So, good. Uh, two things I want to talk about. I want to start, start off with the uh, quarterback situation and not go through the defensive scheme. Now, with the quarterbacks, I just want to say that I, I am a Daniel Jones fan. I like the way he throws a deep ball, the way he runs, and he's improved on his, uh, his turnovers. But with that being said, and, I'm, and Howard, I'm kind of glad that you're uh, that you're on the show today because just, just last week we were talking about neck injuries. And for Daniel Jones to have a, a structural neck damage, that's kind of showing me concern. So I'm looking at it like this. The Giants need to do what's best for the Giants, which means let's say hypothetically Daniel Jones says, well, you know what, there is life after football. Let me, you know – let me call it a wrap because I have, I have a neck injury, which is very serious. Yeah, I think the Giants need to draft a quarterback and with the, one of their first top ten picks for but, two reasons. Whoa, whoa, whoa. If Daniel Jones has an issue and if Daniel Jones has another year, then that rookie can sit a year and learn the ropes and understand everything before they put him out uh, two years from now. Well, so I just want to know what you guys think about
3: that. First off, I don't think there's a guy in the draft that's going to be uh, high enough um, to to draft that early. Um, I, I think the kid that has the most uh, attention is the kid out of Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. right? And outside of that, and, and like he hasn't like they they I think they have him listed like twelve or thirteen or something.
1: Yeah, I don't think anyone believes he's a top ten guy. Yeah, and so. by the way, I I think you made an assumption here that there's structural damage. Nobody has ever said that. And, in fact, everybody within the Giants organization, from the coach to Daniel, uh, they've talked about a strained neck and a sprained neck. And surgery has never been discussed. And usually if you have structural damage, then surgery is an option because you have to start talking about how you need to fix things. That's not been talked about here. The talking here is that this will heal. They don't need to go in and do a procedure to fix it. There's a big difference. I think, I think Howard can tell you right now, anytime you talk about a surgery to fix something that puts a whole new coat of paint (laughs) on it.
3: Yeah, it does. Definitely does. Howard's had a few surgeries. Uh, I don't like, again, I'm not a doctor and I don't, I don't know exactly what's wrong with Daniel or anything. I just said that, you know, my, my view of it is if you got a neck injury, you got a neck injury, That that's about all I got for for him. And hopefully I'm just hoping that he's going to be okay with it.
4: What else do you have for us? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I hope it works out for him. Um, second thing is the defensive scheme. Now, I understand Patrick Graham is getting a lot of kudos for the defense, but I, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just not buying it. Um, I'm not a big fan of the bed but don't break theory. I think that that concept will work for a couple of mediocre teams, but I just don't think that we're going to succeed deep into the playoff or possibly, or possibly a Super Bowl run years from now if we keep that uh, mentality for, for many reasons. For one, we're literally letting teams walk up the field into scoring range. I understand, okay, we're trying to clamp down in the red zone and prevent the touchdown, but at the same time, you're basically allowing the teams to get uh, a field goal or at least score on every drive. Sure, and I'm not going to try to be funny
1: here. I know I'm not mocking you in any way, but the Giants need to become a good playoff contender before they become a championship contender you gotta you gotta walk before you can run and so to get to that level of being a playoff team the bend but don't break is probably going to help keep you in more games and help you win more games against the mediocrity of the nfl than you realize
3: I, i think i think the whole bend but don't break is not really a philosophy (laughs) <laughs> In I, reality,
1: I, it's not, but I, it's, I, it's, I, it's it's a common it's a I, I common term I, that we I, use. Yeah, I
3: think that people use that term a lot, but that's not the philosophy. I right. think I think that the Giants are trying to get the guys off the field as much as possible and as quickly as possible. I think someone has coined the phrase "they got the bend, but don't break" kind of moment, and it's not really what's happening. It's more of, hey, look, they're trying to get a guy off. They miss a stop. Someone you know gets a pass interference or a illegal touching or whatever, and then all of a sudden. You're moving down the field. It is not because they're trying to to go down the field and go bend but don't break. That's that's not a that's not a philosophy that any team employs. Sean, believe me.
1: <laughs> if if I could be clear here, and Howard will relate to this because he's a Parcells guy too, uh, Bill Parcells used to believe that you need to impose your will on the opposition. You dictate to them how the game is going to be played. That, that's what he always wanted to do. You can do that when you have a perennial playoff team like the Giants had when Bill Parcells was here. When you have a team that has got a real chance to win a Super Bowl, you can go out there and say, we're going to play this game the way we want to. We will dictate how it's going to go down, and we're just going to do what we want to do. And we will control Sunday afternoon the Giants are not nearly at that level yet. So I agree with you. No. That That's what you want to be able to do, but let's get up to that, that level first.
4: Right. I think the only way that we can do that is if we have a, a mean like rushing defense and a pass rush. Because without the D-line taking care of their business, the, the concept just doesn't work. And I haven't seen our D-line as dominant as it needs to be for that concept to work. So I I appreciate you guys taking
1: my call. Thank you, Sean. No problem. The, The Giants' defense, Sean, this is not a defense predicated on one or two dominant guys who basically the world revolves around them. It's not like that. This Giants' defense is a sum of the parts, and it's the sum of the schemes that Patrick Graham puts into play. And they play good, solid team defense. But they don't have. I don't think you may feel otherwise, and I open it up to you. Mm-hmm. I don't think they have that one or two dominant guys who coordinators go into a game feeling like, uh-oh, we need to keep an eye on this guy, no matter what happens.
3: I, I don't. Again, I, I think what's happening is that you know they get some plays, and the defense has gotten better week in and week out. Going forward, even in this last game against Dallas, I know Dallas scored a lot of points, but they got a lot of points off turnovers. Well, play, yeah, the two playing, touchdown
1: drives came off turnovers in Giants territory. Yeah,
3: turnovers and you know uh, missing the fourth down play that that gave them mm-hmm. the ball again on a short field. So mm-hmm. the defense did a great job because in those situations, those points were field goals. They weren't touchdowns. Right, right. So, so Giants
1: it, defense is good. Yeah. I think
3: it's a good defense. So, so I, I you know, the whole needing a dominant guy and all that stuff. That works. What they have to do is just stay in their spots and and get guys off the field, and that's just part of you know growing as as a defense. You got some young guys playing out there, and they're going to get better week week in and week out. If you're going to bring somebody in, you're going to bring somebody in from the draft. It's that's part of what's going to happen. You know, we'll see. Jalen Smith and Blake Martinez, if if they're both put together, uh, if each one of them lends, lends the other guy a leg, maybe they'll both be, be a great great inside backer pair. But we gotta see, you know. You got two guys that could be tackling machines if if they come back. If Blake comes back at eighty percent of who he was the year before, tackling machine. So you yeah, I
1: still don't think Howard people understood how much of a loss that was. Yeah, but he was such an important part of what they did. Yeah,
3: but the bend but don't break thing—that's not. That's just oh, they bent but they didn't break. They. I'm like,
1: okay, that's that's a great term, but that's not what anybody does. Uh, Folks, you can secure your season tickets for 2022 for only $100. Limited seats are available. Uh, Speak with a Giants ticket rep now and become a season ticket member by calling 888-NYG-1925. You can also uh, go get uh, one of the Giants suites at MetLife Stadium. Great way to entertain your family and friends while you watch a Giants game at MetLife. You can call the Giants ticket reps at 888-NYG-1925. And folks, remember, this COVID, oh my goodness, the COVID and its variants are spreading quickly in all areas of New York State. People who are not fully vaccinated are at greater risk from COVID-19. Protect yourself. Get vaccinated. Visit ny.gov slash get vaccinated or talk to your health care provider. As I read that PSA, Howard, I can't help but tell the people outside. And I know outside people don't necessarily care about the business of what the league is doing internally, but... The protocols have been ratcheted down once again. Or should I say, tightened down is probably a better term. Truly
3: ratcheted up, you mean?
1: Ratcheted up, yeah. yeah. Ra- yeah. Ratcheted up and tightened down. Mm-hmm. Both, both of those are true. Uh, we've already seen the impact of it this week. We will see even more when they start closing even more loopholes on Monday and they start limiting more people and uh, less people and less people in the building and everything else. The league is taking a very proactive approach right now, trying to get the rest of the season to be played, and the playoffs. They are they are taking mega, mega action. And look, there's one thing I got to say. Roger Goodell and his people over at Park Avenue, uh, they know what their priority is. Get the season played safely, and let's see what we can do to make that happen. Look, we may not like it all the time, but it's something that they got to do. I
3: think that, you know...
1: And it is a distraction. I'm not going to tell you it's not, because it is. Listen, but we got to do it. We got to do with it.
3: Listen, this whole... I'm not a doctor or anything like that, but this whole thing, the league can do everything they want. They can do it. They can lock it down, ratchet it up, ratchet it down, however they want to do it. Man, these guys are going to have to like go home. Uh, The kids are going to have to be out of school for for a few days. And that's what they're hoping for. You got to be careful during the holidays. You can almost not even have a holiday party. It's just people, they say it's much more contagious and there's no real test for one thing versus the other. Whichever variant there is, there's the one test right now. Uh, they're able to do it once they get into a lab or something, but the early mm-hmm. tests are like, hey, you can get the Omicron or Ramacan or whatever it's called, and you can get that right away. And once you have it, they go, oh, the symptoms are lighter. Oh, this is easier. But that they don't know that that's what you have until it's too late. And then even if you do have it, you can infect the whole team. So it's it's a little rough right now. And it's, this is beyond... Us. This this is all science. They they could have. There's nothing they can do that can, can convince it. I'm I'm even curious how long they're going to let you know all these teams have uh, fans in the stands because if it's like spreading like that, it's like kind of interesting that, that they've not said anything. So it's going to be these next few weeks are going to be very interesting.
1: All right, Jason from New Haven is trying to call us back on line one. Uh, Jason, we'll give you a second chance. Hello, you're welcome uh, on BBKL.
3: Hey, hey
5: Jay. Hey, fellas, how you guys doing? Good. Hi. Uh, thanks for taking me on my call. Yes, I sir. In a while, just because uh, you know, just life going on, and the Giants haven't really been good, so I had to waste my time calling <laughs> it in. But uh, I do have three, I have three points, and uh, maybe you guys will agree, maybe disagree, and I'll try to make it quick. So here's the thing: um, I'm not really surprised anymore. This year's been a mess. Um, I'd like to be upset about the loss on Saturday, but I'm really not. I actually didn't even watch the game. Um, but I, 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 I've i looked at it like this. I've, I'm past thinking that this team is capable of doing anything positive at the moment. And let me explain um, a little bit. Um, the real the real issue has been how bad this team has been since our last Super Bowl, which was literally 10 years ago. We've had eight losing seasons and lost 10 or more in seven of them, which to me is is I mean, we're looking at Detroit Lions, old school Cleveland Browns territory, in my opinion. Um, I know people are going to say, "Well, we won championships," and that is true. But for an iconic franchise to be as bad as we've been the last ten years, to me, is very unacceptable. And that, to me, starts at the top. Um, I'm not going to say any names. I'm not in the building, but just from looking outside in, uh, that starts from the top. Um, you know, I don't know how you guys feel about that. Um, Two GMs and four head coaches um, in the last few years um, hasn't been good either. There's been a lot of upheaval, a lot of um, changes. Um, the one winning season we did have in 2016, where we went 11 and five, I believe, I think we went that year. We got humiliated by Green Bay. Now I know, um, you know, I know we had some injuries that game. I think Rodgers, Kamali got hurt that game, but we weren't we weren't even competitive in that Green Bay game. Um, so to me, something has to change, and that to me is at the top. I don't know if you guys want to respond or you want me to kind of keep going. Um, I don't know what
3: you, what you keep, think about keep that. going. Keep going. We'll get it all out. Yeah, okay. <laughs> G- give us all three. All
5: right. <laughs> now I'm gonna try to make this other point quick. Then I'll go into Daniel Jones. Then I'll let you guys get other callers. I don't know reports how good these reports are. Again, I'm from outside. I'm not. I'm not in the NFL like you guys are connected. So maybe you can let me know if I'm wrong or right. According to reports, they're thinking about letting um, Judge stay another year. And I kind of get why, but here's my thing. If, we, if, if Gettleman is truly, quote-unquote, retiring, or we're letting him retire, the new GM has to be brought outside of the organization. When I say that, I mean no ties to the Giants. We need fresh eyes on this. We need somebody to come and say, all right, what hasn't been working for the last 10 years what can I do or what's something different that we could do Has a vision that could put a successful competitive product on the field, which I think all of us deserve. Um, I would not want my GM to come in knowing that I'll be required or asked to keep. I don't think any GM worth his salt would come into a situation saying, well, we want to keep this this coach for whatever the reason it is. Um, To me, you kind of narrow down your list of GMs that would be Interested in the position, Judge might be in the right place, but I think it's the wrong time. In my opinion, um, I don't think it's working with him. I know it's year two, and I get it, but I have seen no improvement from him
4: and the team in
5: two years. And I get all continuity, this, that, and the third. I get that, fellas, but at a certain point, sometimes if it isn't working, it isn't working. Um, and sometimes in the business, you make a good hire who turns out to be awful fit, and it's not due to lack of effort or commitment. It just may be sometimes just when things are miscalculated or the culture or just whatever the case may be. So in my opinion, if we are really looking for a new GM, you have to give this new GM a free reign to rebuild the Giants as he or as a team effort sees fit. And that to me means looking outside with no ties, no, look, no asking the core see what he thinks, no previous, oh, well, he was a, a scout from the Giants from 1992. I want a fresh eye. I personally think we need a fresh eye. Um, and mo- most people may disagree with me, but um, to me, I haven't seen any improvement from when Gettleman took over from Reese. All right. Fact, Reese G- actually- we'll,
1: we'll let you go to number three because we've got a full phone bank. I want to get okay. to everybody else.
5: Okay, all right. And then uh, the last point is Daniel. Um, all right. How do I say it? So there's absolutely nothing. I'm going to just keep it blunt, guys. There's absolutely nothing i see seen from Joe's to show that he's the future of the franchise. Um, he seems like a nice guy. He's a hard worker. But to me, he doesn't have a feel for the game. From what I watch, maybe you guys to let me know different. Uh, he lacks field vision to me. He locks on a lot of receivers. Look at this record, and I'll let you go. His overall record is 12 and 25.
1: One he loss records for quarterbacks mean nothing, so please don't come at me with that. you got to come up with something okay, a whole I'm, lot better.
5: I'm, okay. Okay, how about this? He has more career turnovers than touchdown passes. In the last two seasons, he has thrown for 11 and 10 touchdowns, respectively, for a total of 21 touchdown passes in two seasons. To me, he hasn't proven to be the future. I personally don't think the Giants are going to pick up his fifth-year option. I would give him next year maybe, but I'm definitely, if I'm whoever the GM is, I'm definitely going to bring in some competition. To just say Jones is going to be the direct starter next year would be a disservice to the team. Nothing against Jones. Nothing personal, but we have we have to we have to get off this. Well, Jones doesn't have this. He doesn't have that. There's a lot of quarterbacks in the league that don't have a lot of things, and sometimes you still have to make it work. You know why? For much was given, much is expected. You were the sixth overall pick. Not that he picked himself, but you were the sixth overall pick, which is pretty high. So hopefully next year, whoever the new GM is, hopefully he's outside the Giants' world or realm. We could bring in a um, a, a, a bridge quarterback or. Somebody that compete with him. And um, I'll take it off the air, fellas, and I'll
1: listen to you. Jason, thank you for calling. Air. Thank you, fellas. Happy holidays right. to you. Call again. You too. Thank um, you. Howard, but before I, I give you a chance here to, to chime in on whatever it is you'd like to say, the one stat that he conveniently left out, to be fair, because we have to be fair if we're going to make any proclamations, is that, the full complement of offensive skill positions, the starters have played together for six snaps the entire season. That number cannot be ignored. Whether or not you want that to outweigh all of the other numbers that he gave you, that's certainly your prerogative. <laughs> but you have to. You have to put the six total snaps by the offensive skill position starters into the equation.
3: Okay. A lot to unpack. First off... I don't know anything. I'm not, not front office. I'm as much a fan as anybody else is. So just so we know that up front. As far as like picking people and GMs and all that stuff, that'll be something that 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 John and and Steve uh, will will both take the times. Uh, Mr. Mayor and Mr. Tish will both take times and, and evaluate as they go.
1: They won't consult us either. Nah, they're not calling me.
3: <laughs> they did, but yo, like, hey, fellas, how we doing? They're not. They're not. Doing no. Uh, as far as like where that person comes from. You know, God willing, they'll 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 make the right right decision wherever he comes from and whatever happens. As far as you know, uh, getting rid of judge and all this craziness, <laughs> I keep telling you, when you rebuild and you when you start over, you start over again, and you start back into you know below where you started before. I think the first year we had we had the COVID year and a, and, a, and a, basically a rookie quarterback. The next year we have this year where we have
1: still a COVID year,
3: still a COVID year, but we have more injuries than than none. Not excuses, just that's who we are. We're just a beat-up team. And we're, you know, running guys out there, you know, trying to figure it out. Just isn't working. Fired the, fired the uh, offensive coordinator. All kinds of things have, have gone on. So so that that's a problem. Lastly, as far as Daniel goes, I think Daniel's been pretty good with what he's had to work with. And I, and I ain't, you know, giving him any credit or anything like that. And I don't think he's the, a world beater by any means. And, and I know that there's like, well, other guys, and it's not true. And, and I want to make sure everybody knows that. There are no other guys who could play with no with, without players. And I think the only guy I've seen so far to do it was uh, Aaron Rodgers, and he did it one game. But most of the games, <laughs> it, you have your of players and, and your offensive lines intact. Guys who don't have offensive lines, they get sacked a lot, they get beat up a lot, they get injured a lot, and they just have tough seasons. I mean, even the guys like uh, down in, in Baltimore, great athletic, fast, no protection people start to catch you they catch you eventually and that's just part of it so as they go forward uh Christmas wishes and all that stuff I think that you know the Giants are going to make a bunch of changes but it's going to be you know kind of front office coming down kind of changes because people are going to be retiring and moving on and stuff that'll be that's going to be part of it how they do it I don't know I'm not in I'm not in the room where it happens
1: and by the way, Howard, another stat that certainly bears mentioning here, and it needs to be discussed when you talk about Daniel Jones, Giants have been among the top five teams all year long in drop passes. Mm. And that's not good. You know, remember, once the quarterback throws the ball, it's up to his guys to finish the play. Yeah, throw. And the Giants haven't finished enough plays. Again. Anyway.
3: I'm not going to blame anybody. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I'm not in the room where it happens. It's
1: gonna be a lot. There's gonna be a lot going on. We go to Chuck online too. You're next on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hello, Chuck. Hey, how you doing? We're Good. well. How are you?
6: Good. Listen, I called a couple of weeks ago and I kind of ripped Joe Judge big time. And I, I, I just want to say that, you know, everybody is gonna say fire the coach. Daniel Jones stinks. Uh, we, you know, uh, Lawrence is no good. Williams is no The bottom line here, guys, is I appreciate the comments that you're making because they're so true. Howard Cross is right on point. Just want to say a shout-out to Howard. Love watching you play. Appreciate it. You were excellent, man. Um, you know, hey, I'm old enough to know. Remember, uh, you know, in my early 20s, seeing Phil Simms getting drafted, and I was arguing with my uncle about why did they pick this guy? What the heck is going on? <laughs> I remember when Phil Simms, and I was in the old Giant Stadium when they were booing Phil Simms. Okay, yeah. this is, and you and you and you can t- attest to that, Howard. Remember? So here we go. People are. Uh, down in Daniel Jones. Let me tell you something. Daniel Jones is a good quarterback. Bottom line, he can make every throw that you need, need to make. He has wheels. The one thing that he has that nobody's given him any freaking credit for is he's got heart. And he's a leader. I love it. The bottom line here is this. Just another quick co- uh, comment and I'm going to give you a couple of questions because I know you got a lot of callers. I don't want to be a hog on the phone. Look it. Our offensive line, granted, you know, uh, uh, left tackle, playing better, getting on his own, young player. Hernandez never materialized as a player that he should be. Our starting center went down. What do you expect? He has no time, half the time, to throw the ball and get through probably a second read, okay? Receivers all go down, get hurt. What do Giants fans expect? It's the, you know what do you expect? Saquon Barkley goes down. Thank God for Booker coming in and running as well as he has. And on the defensive side of the ball, listen guys, when I saw it when Blake went down, I was like that's it. You know, the the he's running the offense, not to mention our strong safety going down. These guys, Dory Jackson and uh, the other uh, corner, they're trying their Bradbury. best. You know, you you can't cover a quality a, I'm going to give you a quality receiver in the NFL for more than a couple of seconds. Man on. You can't. And if you can't get there to the quarterback and get pressure, most teams are going to eat you up. Do you agree? That's right. Sure. The, look, the All Giants right, have so six so
1: of their last eight opponents under 21 points. What more do you want right, from them? I think, hey, you know?
6: hey, hey, listen, I'm, 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 I'm going to tell you right now. I coached Patrick Graham in high school. He's a good coach. I know when he went to Yale, he was a good player. The guy knows what he's doing. I'm not going to bash any, any of the coaches. Players play, coaches coach. Bottom line is is that they, they just haven't had the talent on the outside. Lorenzo, the, the rookie's coming of age. Hey, maybe he might be another uh, Jesse Armstead. Played freaking perennial uh, special teams his whole career, started playing freaking linebacker, and the rest was history. Who knows? But the bottom line is is that some of the picks that they've made, for whatever the reason, they haven't materialized. But when you have your middle linebacker go down the tackling machine that he is and your strong safety, you're going to be hurting. That's all I got to say about that. I got two, two quick questions. The first question is, why is there a debate? And this goes back to Joe Judge. I mean, you know, God bless him. I think he's done a a good enough job with what he's had, but I think this is a, a, a big mistake that he's making. Why would you sit in practice? I know Jake Fromm has only been there for a very short amount of time, and I get it. Don't get me wrong. But let's be honest, guys. This is no knock on Mike Lennon, but Mike Lennon is not even a quality backup in the NFL. He's not. He missed so many throws that he did have the time to make them. He was under duress. I'm going to give you that. But he is – he he's not. And we have to be fair about that, making that – making that. Uh, well, Chuck, uh, before you go it, any further
1: just, there, I do believe that Glennon's been erratic uh, in his short time as the starter. And to me, the bigger issue about replacing him with Fromm – was getting Fromm ready. I mean, if 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 Fromm isn't ready, what good is it to put him in? He, you know, and and that's well, what they're trying to do this week. He said last week he knew about sixty percent of the playbook. He's been cramming. They're going to they're giving him first team reps this week. And if they think it's fair enough to him to give him a shot so that he can function, I'm sure he'll play. Yeah. Well,
6: you know, I appreciate your answer, and I know you're being. Kind of politically correct, but the reality is well, it's a, it's is a fact
1: so ju- if the kid's not ready so to judge- play, you can't put him out there you would you would well, not okay. want to do anything in your occupation if you were not ready to do it, would you absolutely not, but here's the thing, okay here's the
6: thing even if this guy is eighty percent or seventy percent knows seventy percent of the playbook, he is going to be better than Mike Glennon. Well, maybe that. Hold, hold,
3: hold on, both guys. Hold on, I'll, I'll help you out with it. So you know why they don't let guys like that. Help,
6: help me, Howard. This, this help is, me. This, I need
3: this, it. This is very simple, and you know that you said you were a coach. You don't put somebody in the game that could get hurt. So, like this, like, absolutely. It's like so not knowing the play, absolutely. not knowing the playbook. It's like playing with an injury. <laughs> because if you don't know where it's coming from, you're gonna get hit and gonna get hit hard. Right. So this week, right, well, he, this, and this week he's going to go into the game, and I'm hoping that you know they reduce the playbook and let him play with a smaller, you know, book, so that he can figure some things out. Mm-hmm. But you can't ask him to do everything. You got a defense that's going to be coming at you. You got Fletcher Cox in front of you. That's a man. Then you. Yeah, that's you, a you, that's a yeah, that's you, a bulldozer. Yeah, Actually, Hargrave is even more potent yeah, this year. Yeah, and you, so you can't have a guy out there guessing.
6: Maybe, maybe maybe, it's this, guys. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's that, you know, Joe Judge is a very good podium speaker. I'm going to give him that. And he obviously is a very, he's very, very well astute in the game, or he would be the head coach of the New York Giants. He knows what to say, when to say, it, and how to answer all the questions. All I'd like to hear from him, you know, really at the end of the day, is if Jake Fromm is ready – He's gonna go, but I know he's not gonna say that. I get it. I'm just
3: kind of no, like. He, I think you I think he kind of already said it. They're they're giving him the, uh, the reps with the first team and everything, and Daniel Jones and and Glennon are both tutoring him, trying to get him up to speed as quickly as possible.
1: It's a legit competition yeah. this yeah. week, and if he wins the competition, he starts on Sunday. They've they've already left and that I door hope- open. I hope he does.
6: The thing is, is that really at the end of the day, we're not going anywhere. And all I really want to do is evaluate everybody who's on that roster for next year. And that's my thing. Last question, real quick. If we get a high, we're going to get have a high pick in, in, in the draft. Do you think there's any shot that we get Hutchinson from Michigan?
3: I any have, shot at all? I have no idea how these guys are going to grade out, uh, you know, uh, going forward. It's um, just
1: too early to handicap. Yeah, I can't. And we don't even know exactly the order the t- teams will be picking in front of the Giants, and yeah. that's going to be a big part of it because if somebody loves that guy, they're going to take him.
3: Yeah, it's it's going to be of course. Sir. Yeah, it's going to be the kid uh, Trudeau, whatever his name is from from. Uh, Thibodeau. Thibodeau from and, from
1: uh, Oregon, he's going to be a high pick for sure.
3: And you got and you got the kid from Alabama who's going to go probably top three. The uh, left tackle the 6 foot
1: Hutchinson will be court. high? I'm sure. Yeah, of that. I mean
3: all these guys are going to be up there. So it's like I said like the top four or five picks right now are the uh, the guy from Oregon, the guy from Michigan, the guy from Alabama and the guy from Notre Dame. That could change. It could be somebody else could like all of a sudden shoot up the draft uh, boards uh, cuz they had a great bowl game or something like that. So this is very temporal and we don't know and I haven't got far enough along to look at any
1: Chuck, thing. please yeah. call again. Yeah. Happy holiday to you. <laughs> Thank you. 201-939-4513. We've got about 10 minutes left on the program. Looks like we've got another guy on the line. That would be Ricky from Long Island. He's on line three. Your next other show. Hello.
7: Hey, how are we doing, guys? Uh, Privileged to speak to you, Howard and Paul.
1: Hi. Thank you.
7: Um, I had a couple of things. One one is uh, in reference to something Jason said. I, I really hate everybody talking about this decade-long drought. Look, man. If you watch that Green Bay Packers playoff game in 2016, Dominic Rogers Cromartie, and nobody else noticed this out of everybody that's in my friend group and that I talk football with, Dominic Rogers Cromartie that year, when we came off the bye, was no longer the the number one corner. He was, but he wasn't. He was actually the third corner, and he was the one coming off the bench when they would run nickel. Mm -hmm. And they did that the rest of the year Mm -hmm. because he's fast as hell, and they wanted to keep his legs fresh.
1: And he was damn good at it too. the moment oh, he got hurt, that game was today. over.
7: Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. I mean, no was, doubt about it. it. A slot every play.
1: No doubt and, about and, and
7: it. And it just upsets me. I mean, they called him the NYPD. We had a great pass defense that year. You had Vernon. You had Snacks in the middle. You had Tomlinson, I believe, was a rookie, and you had Pierre Paul. That was a solid defense. So I, I, I hate everybody saying this. I get it's been a while, but don't don't overlook that. And that's just a frustrating thing to me. You can't overlook it. If that's one you, guy, you know. Yeah. After game, him, does.
1: you had guys like Wade and Sensabaugh on the depth chart, and the drop-off was huge. And Rodgers knew as soon as DRC went out of the game, he knew exactly where he was going to go the entire second half.
7: Oh, yeah, he had his way with us, and there was nothing we could do about it. It, yeah. was, it just was what it was. That that
1: particular day, um, losing DRC was the number one factor. Now, don't get me wrong. The Giants dropped three potential touchdown passes. Absolutely. I, I'm not going to say that did not happen. But the loss of DRC to injury in that game, to me, was the absolute linchpin.
7: Yeah, that's what caused it. Well, thanks it. for remembering day, that. We and it's very
1: astute of you to actually pick that up because I've never run into anybody else who actually was able to to figure that out. You did a good job.
7: <laughs> well, thank you for that. Thank you, Paul. Um, I had one question, and then I had kind of just something I want to put out there and, and let you guys you know, respond. Uh, I'll take that offline. Um, is, is it possible as a fan, are we able to view the, the all-22? film like from games or is that something that's only like internal records it's for on game pass
1: if you go to nfl.com and you subscribe to the game pass part of the uh the site or the app you do get to watch the All 22 it's available
7: okay it's perfect. a subscription okay.
1: password protected part of the site
7: okay that's awesome yeah so that'll i'll i'm going to run through some stuff before the next time i call by the end of the year um to kind of go on what i'm going to talk about so my, my main reason for calling is uh you know, everybody I want to see this guy, I wanna see that guy, let's see what everybody could do. You know, if you go back to, to 07 and even eleven, you know, you had deal you drafted, ended up being a star, late round pick, right? Uh-huh. you'd have to you'd have to correct my memory. I don't know, did we draft Seibert or did we bring him in?
1: Undrafted rookie free agent.
7: But but he was brought in by the Giants and yeah, he was a Giants, as a free right? agent.
1: Mm -hmm. lifetime giant and then you
7: and then you drafted snee so that's three off and now david deal besides center was basically a a jack of all trades anywhere we ever needed him Mm -hmm. where he played then you went out you bring in o'hara you bring in mckenzie beautiful picks that's one of the greatest offensive lines i've ever seen assembled and they played together for like a hundred games or some crazy straight stat line right like they how many seasons in a row um, and, and, you know, people got to realize that. You know, this year everybody's yelling about the offensive line and whatever. You need building blocks. So right now we don't really know what we have in our building blocks because two of our starters got hurt. You have a guy in Parrot who's still on a rookie deal, Andrew Thomas, looking like he might be the guy for a while. We'll see. Um, but he's definitely improving, looks like a strong building block. Um, and then you got some other guys you're looking at depth, some guys are going to be free agents, whatever. You got a couple guys that are leaving, maybe, you know, Carter, uh Evan Ingram, um, Peppers, you know, but you have some good blocks in those areas as well. Some of these lower end depth chart guys at D back are looking like maybe they could play. Um, You never know what you got Um, there. You know, McKinney's looking like a star in the making. Um, I love him. I love, I love that he came to his own somewhat uh, this year. Um, Martinez killed us. Um, It was what it was. You guys said that preseason, like the most important player on the defense you couldn't afford to lose. and There it is. Unfortunately, um, you know, you got some young players, but people got to realize you need the blocks first. They went out, they spent some money, they spent some money where they kind of needed it, but at the end of the day, you know, you, you you can't just go out and blow. Even if you threw the money at the offensive line, I mean, you, you gotta you gotta build from within. I mean, you got five picks in the first three rounds this year. I think you guys were talking about this yesterday. That's I right. want to say, you know, you need, you need a couple of guys, three would, to be like started from day one. And I agree with what you said. I think it was you, Paul. You know, I really need contribution from those other two guys. Like, even if it's not Pro Bowl, All Pro type of play, I just need you to rotationally. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I mean, the one guy that they got rid of this year that I was upset at, and I get why they did it, but I really was upset they got rid of B.J. Hill. Um, he's got like the last time I looked, he had like seven and a half sacks for the Bengals, playing okay, not an All Pro. But, but still would have been a good, solid interior guy, and you could have spent money elsewhere. He was on a rookie deal from a lower-end pick. Yeah,
1: that, that's a shame that, that it happened. The thing about B.J. Hill was I don't think he necessarily fit the scheme they were using here, and as a, as a true backup, they were so desperate to get a center because of the injuries and the retirements and everything else that was happening to the line, they, they needed to use Hill as the collateral to get Billy Price in here. And I know yeah, Billy I Price. That at all, Billy Billy Price does, hasn't exactly set the world on fire, but the truth is, at least he's an NFL center. Who else were you going to play there?
7: Yeah, no, I, I wasn't mad at it in that way. Like I said, there was nothing you could do once Gates went down. You had to you had to figure it out. Um, yeah, it, it was what it was. But I, you know, when you look at the blocks and the guys you have right now on long term deals that you can't get rid of, everybody's got to relax with this. You can't clear the house out. What are you going to? you're going to end up with barely any cap space left and you just lost all of the guys who were above average or star level players to, to, to just stop, just relax. You know, you got to continue to build through the draft. You got some of these guys and then you got to replace those guys through the draft. Then you could trade a guy or you could cut a guy or whatever, but everybody's got to relax. You need the blocks first. And, and, you know, offensive line, for example, we didn't, we didn't have the depth to handle those injuries this year. You don't know, for all you know, Lemieux in two years is a, is a Pro Bowler. You don't know. You're not going to know until that happens. So, that's all I wanted to say about that. You know, you, you got some good blocks. You got some good guys that you paid, and you have some good young players. And I think they just need to continue to add to the pool and and let the team continue to develop into its own. Um, you know, and then Daniel Jones, man. I, look, everybody's got to relax. Okay, if you put Sean McVeigh or or. Kyle Shanahan in charge of the offense. There was ROC. I'm sure he'd look great. Okay. At the end of the day, it just hasn't worked out this year. You have no offense.
1: Oh, we lost Ricky. I'm sorry, Ricky. Uh, Please call us back again. Enjoy your holiday. I know we have a phone bank here that has like time limitations on it. We can't control it. We suddenly (laughs) just lose people. Uh, John from Alabama, you're the final caller on the program today. Hello.
2: Hey. How you guys doing? Happy holidays! You to too, you the family. Same here. Hey, Howard, I know you watched the Alabama games, so yep. I know you've seen uh, From play, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I just have to tell you, when he went in on that last game, he just seemed like you know the winner that he was in Georgia. I mean, I don't think he actually lost the high school game, um, and he just it just seemed like the. the even with the, the hard count that he was doing, it seemed like the whole team was you know, getting in and adjusted and, and believing in him. Now, I, I understand it was you know second string or all that type of stuff, but I just wanted to say, ask you a question, Howard. What's it like in the huddle when somebody like that comes in? Is there like a change? I mean, do you guys talk about it? Is there, or is it just, you know, hey, we're doing our jobs, that kind of thing? How does it work?
3: I, I don't think he had the, the impact of, of what you would think. I think it was more of, you know, the game was kind of out of hand, right? Uh, and then they have the two-minute offense. The defense is playing, kind of laying back, trying to keep everything in front of him. He has more room. They're not blitzing. They're not sending like guys at him from all angles. And he has time. You only have like seven or eight plays that you run in two-minute offense, and two of those plays are one's a screen and one's a draw. No one's going in motion. You're just sitting and you're just like, okay, and you know the plays because that's it's an easy sequence to run. Uh, and, and, and you see it every game and every team plays two minute and they pretty much run almost the same identical plays, but it's two minute offense. depending on how how, how close the game is, if the game's like down to the wire and you need to score, then you see defenses kind of press up a little bit, make make it a little harder in two minute. if the t- if the game is uh, beyond two scores, they back up and keep the players in front of them. Say, hey, don't let them get beat over the top, no quick scores, let's move the ball. The difference will be this week if he, you know, wins the starting job and gets in, they're not going to be backed up. They're going to be pressing right on top of the, the receivers, bumping them, trying to keep them from getting off the ball, and then they're going to be bringing guys at him to see like, "Okay, let's see how much he knows. Blitz him." Cuz that's what you do to rookie quarterbacks and guys who just came in the game. So, seeing him in the game this week coming in uh, against a quote unquote prevent defense, trying to keep guys in front of him, is not gonna be the same thing you're gonna see when he plays against Philadelphia.
2: Now now Howard, do they look does like a, a backup quarterback look for somebody he's comfortable with? Like you remember when Daniel Jones he was going to Slayton all the time, is he gonna look for that receiver he's comfortable with in the uh, you know on the practice squad or somebody that they may elevate?
3: Well, he would be that guy, except he's only been here for two weeks, so there's nobody for him to be that comfortable with. <laughs> Unfortunately, he's he's just going to be out there. Like I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for the best. I'm hoping for some really good things this week, but he has no continuity with anyone because he hasn't been here long enough to develop any continuity. He's probably learning the guys' names as he goes. So he's he's a rookie quarterback and a. And a in a tough spot, just coming out to be evaluated, and he's going to learn a lot about himself and about the game in this in this, these coming weeks if he gets in. You
1: know, the guys he probably knows the best on this team are his former Georgia Bulldog teammates, that, and they play defense. That's true. <laughs> that is definitely true. I didn't even think about that. Right, right. right. So,
3: so it's it, 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 it's yeah. a, it's a huge learning curve curve, and like I said, it's, it should be interesting. You know, I, I think the kid has some talent, um, but it's going to be it's just going to be interesting. We're going to see what happens.
2: Yeah, and I'll just leave it with this. I know we're getting back to the end here, so I the big thing worry with me is the is the, um, is the Philadelphia uh, offense. I mean, they ran pretty well on us last game, and yep. in fact, there were a couple of drops that they had with the receivers. So I think we're up against it on the defense here on this thing, uh, just as much as we are with the new quarterback coming in if there's going to be a change. So yeah, well, the- I'll leave you with that. Uh,
3: Go well, it, Yeah, the, he, he, It's, it's going to be. Thank a, you for the phone call. Thank you for the phone call. It's going to be a, it's going to be something because the Eagles have a lot to play for, you know. And they we, sure do. And when you have a lot to play for, you you have a different mentality. At, not that the Giants don't have a lot to play for, but, but because they're out of the playoffs, but they're right in the hunt for the playoffs. They're, they're they're you know, breathing down the necks of everybody who's in that wild card spot. So yeah, they're going to be out out trying to make sure they secure some um, spots in January to get a couple extra paychecks.
1: Howard, it's been fun. Merry Christmas to you.
3: Hey, man, too bad
1: we won't be doing this again. We're
3: going to be out of here, right? Oh,
1: I know. See that? You should
3: tell people that.
1: Protocols are in place again, folks. As I said, they have ratcheted them up, and therefore we're not going to be in studio doing BBKL for the rest of the season. At least that's the way we understand it. So that means, Howard, you're not uh, going to be coming back for the final couple of shows of the season. I am unfortunately. I will miss
3: you. uh, You'll be missed. All right, Paulie.
1: Thanks for listening to today's episode of Big Blue Kickoff Live. It's part of the Giants platforms everywhere and Giants.com slash podcasts. Don't forget, you can always call us up weekdays from 1230 to 130 p.m. Eastern Time. We're here live on Big Blue Kickoff Live. For Howard Cross, on Paul Dottino. So long, everybody.